It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <sighs> we did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in LA. But. We're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here, mapping timelines here, or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M I R O.com. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. We are here. It's Rich and Rob. We're back together, reunited. It's like a really good episode of Coronation Street where everything just kind of works out nicely, except, Rich. We haven't sat down, we haven't spoken about the third test, which we will do, but today we're going to be looking at the second test, previewing what's going on there, but to know where you're going, to know what changes yes. you're going to be making, you've got to yes. know what's gone on, Rich, and I know you've been boiling inside for the last few days while we've not spoken about this. How Have, have we calmed down from the first test? I'm not, I wasn't angry, Rob, I was just disappointed. Oh, that's, that's brutal. Joe, Joe, I'm sorry. I'm just disappointed. Um, yeah, it, history informs, Rob. This, it, this is how we can look ahead to the second test, isn't it? Um, I'm not going to go through every moment, every you know little thing that happened in that first test, but taking it all the way back to the start, I don't understand. Well, I do understand the toss. I understand Nasser Hussein. We love Nasser Hussein. Yep. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Nasser's fault, but it's not really Nasser's fault. If Joe Root and Chris Silverwood and everybody else had rocked up at that field or a field on uh, that pitch that looked like that, that track, that looked like that green, beautiful seamer, they would have won the toss. Well, they would have hoped to win the toss and then they would have had a bowl. Yeah. 
But because of the history of the Gabba, because of this mystique and mystery that sort of surrounds the place, the old woolen Gabba, they have to bat. They have to play a, a spinner. I, I just, it's not hindsight. It's not correcting things after we saw how it went. We should have bowled. We should have gone with Stuart Broad. I'm just really confused. And again, I'm not criticising Jack Leach for how he bowled. If we only put up whatever it was, 147, he's not got much to bowl at. And the Aussies are going to go after him. It's what we did in 2005. We, you know, that's our, probably our first memory of England counter-attacking properly, isn't it, against Australia? We, you know, if you, if, you only, if you skittle a team out for 150, first thing you do, as soon as the spinner comes on, bang, get after him. Get him out of the game. Done. And that's, that's exactly what they did. Fantastic performance from Australia. Can't take anything away from them. Um, England just, they, they fought back. And I did think for a little while we was going to have repeats of 10-11. Haven't mentioned 2010-11 Gave you hope. ages. Yeah, exactly. Day four. I didn't watch a lot of this. I've been oh, cold, all that sort of stuff. Um, so apologies. But yeah, I mean, I saw bits and bobs of it. I saw some highlights. But then I saw, start of day four, Milan, Root, both sitting on about 80 not out. I thought, this is it. This is day five of the Gabba, 10-11. This is Cook 100. This is Alistair Cook double 100. This is uh, the other guy, Jonathan Trott. He got a nice 100 as yeah. well. I joke. I joke. I remember it was him. 500 odd for one declared draw. I honestly, I thought this is what we can do again. We're going to bat all day through on day four. We're going to set them a bit of a target. It'll end in a draw. Happy days. We go forward. But it's just brittle, isn't it? Brittle batting from England um, and, and bowling is. is Decent as it was, if you're not going to put, put runs on the board, it's not going to mean much, is it? Um, I just want to give a little hat tip. I thought Hasib Hamid batted well. Yes. He didn't get the score he deserves. And this is where we're going to start getting question marks over Hasib Hamid. Is can he progress from his 20 odds to 50 odds to 75 odds to 100 odds? And that's just my concern with him at the moment. I really am a big fan of Hasib Hamid. I'm not singling him out for any reason, but it's just because I think he's took to it well. Yeah, I've got to quickly get it off my chest. Shane Warne, shut up, all right? <laughs> he plays low. It doesn't matter. Oh, he plays low in Australia. He, he, he won't succeed. Oh, he won't. It's final, is it? It's absolutely set in stone, is it? Why do we have to be so definitive with opinions? Yeah. Hasib Hamid is a gritty player that plays well. He plays late. Yes, he plays low, but I'm sure there's been a batsman at some point over the years that plays with a little bit low hands. It's not like he's like playing hockey, is it? <laughs> Swishing the ball off the ground. Jesus, give it a break, Warner. And he was looking good. He was looking really, really good off the front foot, the back foot, and then exactly. just gloved one with his low hand. But irrelevant, he was looking really good. <laughs> Why? Oh, well, he didn't get out at all the other balls, all the 74 balls before that with his low hands, did he? Exactly. So, exactly. Mm. I, was, uh, I was quite impressed with him, I, th I thought he looked really good. Um, I need to ask you, um, yep. What was your initial reaction to Rory Burns waltzing around the crease first ball and then Mitchell Stark taking his <laughs> leg stump out? It was Harmison hitting second slip all over again, wasn't it? <laughs> it first was. ball of an Ashes sets the tone. Um, you know, like this, you don't let Australia get ahead. And this is why, you know, we'll go back to that choice on the first morning when it's battle bowl. It's why we go back to choice. I think Stuart Broad should have played instead of the spinner. You allow Australia to get ahead, whether it's in a spell, a session, a series, whatever, they're going to keep going. And this is, we're in a hole now and it's going to be really difficult to get ourselves out of this. Yeah. But we'll see what the makeup of this team is. Um, yeah, first ball, that sets the tone, doesn't it? Rory Burns. I think he was so obsessed. I, I had to back and forth with people on Twitter about this. It was, it looked awful. It was a bad, bad shot. He got himself in an awful position, but he was that obsessed with getting onto off stump and getting a good stride in 
to get the ball to get a leave, whatever it might be, that he forgot about his leg stump and he just got too far across. He, he, yeah. His feet got in a bit of a mess. Forget about what he does with his hands and his head and all the rest of it. His feet just got in a mess, didn't they? Yeah. It's as simple as that. Sure. I mean, any, if that's second ball of the innings, he flicked that for four. Yeah. But it's a bit it, like... It was a saw. leg stump or folly, let's be honest. It oh, was yeah, a yeah, yeah. leg stump or folly. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's one of those. I think it was the, the fact that it was the first ball of the first test of the Ashes down under series. And I think Burns was just so preoccupied by getting across, getting onto his off stump, that he just forgot about his other stumps. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it can happen. Does, yeah, it, 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 does it put him not, in line to be the next Mark Rampakash and go on Dancing with the Stars, though? Because that footwork wow, okay. could well Didn't, do well on a dance floor. Did not expect that to be the, the, the question to follow up on that. <laughs> um, I, I'm... What's my my answer probably is I don't care, um, but <laughs> but also yes probably he's got nice hair, so maybe maybe he'll he'll look lovely in a sequin suit. Um, I think yeah I think he'll look very nice on Dancing with Stars or whatever. It's called. It's an interesting podcast. We're we're, we're we're ranting and we've talked about Coronation Street and Dancing with the Stars before we've got onto the Hang second on. test. So we, we we talked about you mean you? All right, I'm I'm. It's been six years since I've known. <laughs> I'm rolling back in nostalgia, mate. I'm like I'm going to stick on Emmerdale Farm in a minute and see Frank. Oh Tate. my word. Oh, um, my word. It's, it's Emmerdale now, not Emmerdale Farm. Um, look, <laughs> Joe Root is a captain. Joe Root didn't have his strongest test as a captain. Joe Root will be really, really eager to come back. And I just hope that England don't overcorrect with selection and decisions. They need to forget the Gabba, forget Brisbane, good old Bris Vegas, and just move forward to Adelaide, all right? Don't worry about what's happened. It's already gone. We're 1-0 down. We've got four tests to write it. And if we believe the theories, we're going to win two tests already. They're guaranteed, Rob. It's pink ball day-nighters. England will win. It's simple. Yep, I agree. Mm. A controversial a pick of Hobart being the fifth test match, day-nighter, which has yep. not gone down well with your newly acquainted best friend, Shane Warne, who's like, oh, you can't have 20,000 people at a test, mate. <laughs> like, you've got to put it in Sydney or you've got to put it somewhere else. So has Warney never played in England? Uh, obviously not, mate. Obviously not. <laughs> I mean, what's the attendance at Trent Ridge? What's the attendance at Durham? What's the attendance? He's such a moron sometimes. And I even said on the pre- preview part, I even said, you know what? I like one. You know what? I take it all back. He's, he's gone back to full dick mode, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually surprised. Talking on the commentary, I obviously watch a lot more Australian commentary than you guys being down here. Santa's in there. There we go. There we go. There's another nostalgia throwback. Santa's here. Um, <laughs> Santa glass. And I actually have really liked Shane Warne and I've liked it when he's been part of the English commentary booth in England commentating. And I yep. always thought he had a really, really good value, insight and mm-hmm. incredible tactical knowledge of the game. Yes. And, and then the first day of the Ashes came around. I'm, I'm there because my TV's there. But it was almost like they were as excited as all the fans and they couldn't reel it back in. They were so pumped yeah. and all I could hear was, mate, 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 mate. It was yes. literally like finding Nemo. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, mate. I, I was up obviously mate. quite late at night. Pardon me, I was t- the volume was down. It was simple as that. The volume was down. I was looking into it and I was just watching the, watching the pictures. It was fine. That was the best way to do it. I, think, I can't remember the, the, who the, the, the pair was, but it was it Kerry O'Keefe and somebody was on with him. And it was like, oh, this is so nice. After yep. listening to Warn and War and whatever it was, suddenly we had like the other comms come on and it just eased things down. It relaxed. It was like we're a test match again. You're not doing the big bash boys, not the IPL. Nice and relaxed. It was much better. So yeah. I like oh, O'Keefe. 
funny. He, he's steady, isn't he? But insightful. Got a lot of analysis. Yeah. And I also really like Mike Hussey when he's on and, and Gilchrist. Yeah, I, I think he, they're good. Yes. Yeah. I Gil, oh, love Gilchrist anyway. Yeah. Oh, no. So Gilchrist is going to do something stupid in the second test now, isn't he? So now I've said I love Gilchrist. Damn, damn, no, no. Um, yeah, so quickly wrapping up, I, I, I think, like I said, bowlers, I think bowled, all bowled okay. Wood, for me, is my big criticism of Wood over the years has always been he doesn't take enough wickets. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that that's, until proven differently, I just, that's constantly going to be my big criticism. Of him, although he did, you know, take three in the first innings, didn't he? Um, I don't know where to look really in this 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 performance of England. It's 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 not quite as bad as we've. It's you know it's not end of the world stuff, is it? Isn't it? All it? Comes, isn't it? I think we've, it's we've all... lost by nine wickets and we got right. bowled out with the first ball of the Ashes. We we batted on a bowling okay. wicket and we left eleven hundred Test wickets out on the bench carrying drinks. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I disagree strongly with that. But what I'm saying is the performance. 147. I agree to a point with what Joe Root said. If we get another 150, if we get 250, 300 in that first innings, yeah. forget about what I've, you know, forget about the fact that we shouldn't have been batting first. But if we get 250, if we get 300, which we should have done, it's a different game, isn't it? Yeah. But Australia, credit to them, they bowled well. We, we have to accept that Australia bowled very well yeah, on a green did. seamer that we're saying we should have bowled on, a green seamer, and a, it get, you know, had a bit of life in it, didn't it? Had a bit of juice. Um, if England had bowled on that, I, I absolutely believe England would have bowled Australia out for a similar score, maybe 200, yeah. you know, around that sort of level. So England were under par batting regardless of conditions, but they shouldn't have been batting first anyway. But you take away that first innings, which you can't really do. But after <laughs> that, they played a pretty good test match. You know, yeah. Travis Head, I've not mentioned him yet, but Travis Head was exceptional. He took his opportunity, didn't he? It was him or Usman Khawaja going in. He took his opportunity big time. Um, Pat Cummins, exceptional on his, on, his, uh, on his first game as captain. Lovely guy, lovely yep. guy. He's the sort of lad you take he's home to. Good know. bloke, isn't he? He's yeah, like a, yeah. he's like a, a less fast Brett Lee. Like just nice bloke. Brett Lee was nice a nice bloke. bloke. Good bloke. Yeah, Glenn McGrath. Mm. <laughs> I'll leave that hanging. Yeah, no, I'm a hero. But yeah, so fair play to Australia. All good for them. Um, let's move on to Adelaide. Adelaide's a great place. Adelaide, right? Adelaide. Day nighter. That's fine. David Warner, starting off with the Aussie Big team news. news. David Warner, news. I've not seen the official comms from Cricket Australia, Cricket AU, cricket.au.com or whatever they want to say it, saying he's out, but he's got poorly ribs. He got hit in the ribs. Um, Who got him? I, I, I thought he got hit a couple of times, to be honest, but mm. he did lead a very... I don't know. I, I highly praised him in, in the review pod that I did yesterday and said I was amazed by the amount of grit and determination he gave to fight for the Aussies. And I really appreciated mm. that. But at, we gave him a lot of chances. But anyway, he's got bad ribs. Looks like he's going to miss the game. And that yeah. leaves um, Australia with Marcus Harris um, opening the batting. Mm-hmm. He's not very good at test cricket, Rich. He's averaging 23, which is less than Keith and Jennings. So I'm not going to say anything because I feel like whenever I do say something too dramatic that it then backfires. So Marcus Harris is a perfectly fine, very good first-class cricketer who hasn't quite found his feet. He's very English in, in that respect, that he hasn't quite found his feet in, uh, in opening in Test cricket. So he would be more than at home in the English lineup. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go! Let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're a body, and we call that a body block. 
You pick the block and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest, go on vacation, or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I.com. Are you ready to get started? Um, he's going to, yeah. But he takes on a senior role now, doesn't it? And it's all about, you know, it's not just about you on your own anymore. He's the senior opener. He's got to go out there. He's got to lead the way. It's more than likely going to be an inexperienced player supporting him in that opening spot if Warner can't make it. Uh, obviously, Warner didn't even come out to bat, did he, in the second innings uh, for Australia finishing the game off to move Carey up there. The order. Um, so the options, Rob. Um, Bryce Street. Yep. Is it Henry or Harry Hunt? Yep, Mr. Hunt. Yep. Hunt, Mr. Hunt. Um, we'll find out. I'll get a confirmation. Henry Hunt. Sounds like a name from the 40s, doesn't it? Henry Hunt. It does. Um, yeah. And uh, one little bit more uh, familiar is Matt Renshaw. He's, he has played some test cricket, but Bryce Street and Henry Hunt both opened in the uh, Australia A game against England Lions, which they. Uh, <laughs> Again, it's going pretty well for Australia at the minute. They beat England Lions by 112 runs in that uh, that four-day game. Um, so they're, they're the two options. But Bryce Street, he got himself a nice score, didn't he, Rob? He got himself a 119 not out. Um, he looked Hunt good. Got himself a, yeah, Hunt got 14 that second innings. Renshaw 43. Um, and in the first innings, Hunt 33. Renshaw 38. So good starts for Hunt and Renshaw in both games. Renshaw back at three, but obviously he has been an opener over the years. Yeah. Um, Bryce Street though with a big score. So, yeah, who who's, who do you think is going to be the man that's going to take that spot uh, and join Marcus Harris? I'm going to be honest, Australia? and I'm, I'm not sitting on a fence, but I'm not 100% certain that it could even be the three names we've mentioned. It wouldn't mm. surprise me if they pull out an Usman Khawaja and go, Usman, really? you've opened for us before. You've come in and done a job opening yeah. the batting for us previously. Averages 84 from four test matches opening. He didn't score a run against England Lions, mm. but he could be an option where they've got a certain level of trust of him yeah. coming in. The, it's, it's really interesting Australian cricket because you've had Warner playing around for ages. And in the last five years, you've given Joe Burns 10 test matches. You've given Renshaw 10. You've given Bancroft 10. You've given Harris 11. And mm-hmm. you, you're just constantly juggling the mixer. And yeah. Burns averaged 35, Renshaw 33, Bancroft 26. That kind of puts him out, plus sandpaper. It's, it's a really strange point. So to me, if I'm an Australian cricket fan and I've got two young, exciting players, yeah. if it was David Warner at the crease with them, I'd be like, chuck them in, throw them in with Warner. Yeah. But I feel apprehensive for them. I definitely don't have sympathy that... It would be Harris, who is a little bit of a walking wicket, and then you're putting in a new young lad to go and face Jimmy and Brody at Adelaide, which could be really hard work. Mm. Bryce Street's exceptional. He's averaged just below 40. The last three uh, Sheffield Shield championships scored four centuries, plus this one here. Mm. He's now got five. And Hunt can play cricket. He's got two centuries this year, one against Western Australia, one against Tasmania. He's in decent Mm. form. He got 50 in a List A game before this England Lions game, like, I don't know. If if you're looking at it, you'd probably go Henry James Hunt, H.J. Hunt for old school money, is probably the guy 
who they, they want to give a go to. We know Pekofsky is the end goal, the end game of where yeah. they want to get to. Mm. Um, I just wonder if they do throw Kawaja a safety net in and go, we back you for a few test matches, mate. I think that that would be quite un-Australian. And, you know, they, they've got themselves up 1-0 against Australia. They, they, sorry, against England. They've got that aggressive mentality going, haven't they? Mm-hmm. This is what happens in Ashes series. If this was a different series, I think that they might well go to a quadra opening. I think it's a good shout by you. I just think that the way they're going, they should, they, it's a, they should be bold. They should be really sort of, you know, upfront and like, yeah, we'll, we'll put anyone in there. We'll put, you know, Jeffrey Boycott's grandmother up there with a stick of rhubarb and, <laughs> and she, she could take on this England ball and attack. Um, you have to check the passport, obviously. Probably quite English. <laughs> Scanning. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, get the you know David Warner. We talk about sneaky old in England. He's thirty five now. David Warner. Yeah. He's not going to be around forever. You know we yeah. like to think he might be. Um, you know pantomime villain that he has been over the years. But he's been an exceptional player. He's been great for Test cricket. He's he's one of the people a bit like Gilchrist as a wicketkeeper batsman. Warner as an opener in Test cricket. It changed the game. He didn't just come along and just be another opener and play the way yeah. openers have always played. He came in and showed that you can be a, a, almost one day international batsman. Yeah. Um, in test cricket and play aggressively so he's been really just so important but like you listed off all those openers it's like very much like England just at a lesser level but they've been striving and you know searching for that opener for so so long we still haven't replaced Andrew Strauss Um, forget about Alistair Cook Um, Australia got the same thing so you've got to look for the next opener I think Usman Khawaja it would be what I'd call an un-Australian pick Yeah, Um, they should be bold they should be aggressive they should go forward and they should go and pick one of those young blokes whether it's Renshaw, he's got the experience, or whether it's Hunt, or whether it's um, the, the man in form, uh, Quality Street, whatever his name is, um, then get them in. Then just play him. Don't worry about it. He's playing England. Don't, don't show any weakness. Don't show any conservatism whatsoever. Yeah. And just go with who you think is going to be the guy going forward and just stick with him. And then if Warner's fit for the third test and the, the new bloke does okay, well, you ditch Harris and you go forward with the new bloke. Simple as that. That's fair enough. I, I, like, I like that. That is... It is an un-Australian pick from me, which isn't surprising. Mm. Um, but I am <laughs> these days the sort of guy that has a six-pack of beer and I'm quite happy to leave one for the next day rather than finishing off all six in the session, whereas the Aussies would drink all six in the same session. They wouldn't leave one for the next day. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, talking of supping all the beers, actually. Just at one other point, David Boone, legendary beer can chugger on an aeroplane, he was uh, the uh, match referee, wasn't he, that decided that England aren't getting paid for that first test. So even though yes. they got absolutely hammered, yeah. couldn't decide on a toss right, couldn't pick a team right, <laughs> couldn't bat right, bowled okay but couldn't win a game right, they didn't get paid. 100% of the match fee gone for slow over rate. The game finished in four days. That's yeah. weird. I mean, £27,000 you know, per player. It's a lot of money. Imagine going Literally. to work and someone going, sorry, mate, you've, uh, you've, you've worked too slow this week. I'm not paying you. Well, I mean, there's probably some places like that around already, but yeah, I get, I get the point. I, I, it's a little bit OTT, isn't it? I, I didn't, I mean, was it something that was being spoken about a lot during the game? Was it something that was impacting the game? I, I you know, you were watching it ball by ball. Ball by ball. Um, not massively. They spoke about slow over rate, but likewise, Jack, it's not like they could bowl Jack Leach to try and make the over rate faster because they kept having to fetch the ball from the stands. Well, that's it. Did they, did they add that up? Did they add those minutes on? So, look, I think that was a little bit harsh. And I think David Boone, mm, David Boone, I'm not questioning you, son, but uh, I feel like he was probably enjoying writing those slips out for the players. <laughs> uh, just quickly as well, while I'm talking about it, I've just gone down that, that pathway of 
match fees being removed. Travis Head, after his 100, was it in the <laughs> yes. second inning? No, his first innings, wasn't it? 15% of his match fee gone for one of the most fantastic reasons ever. Stump. We, we had issues with uh, the, the technology in this test, didn't we? No, no balls weren't being called. Ben Stokes, if he'd have been called early, there's probably an argument to say that he's moving his run-up back a little bit, runs in a little bit slower, and he, he's not a no-ball when he gets a wicket, which he obviously didn't get in that moment. Um, stump cam, stump microphone even, was working when Travis Head. I thought that was brilliant, Rob. I must have watched yeah. that 50 times in a row. It's yeah. like a five-second clip, isn't it? It was Travis Head playing and missing. And saying something that I know in club cricket, you cannot say the C word too much. <laughs> it ends up in too... a, a suspended sentence <laughs> or a ban. Uh, it was a two-match ban and a suspended sentence. Yeah, and, and it, I was right. For those that I haven't right. seen it, the person he played... was. <laughs> <laughs> he plays and misses on a cut shot, which is fine, and we all swear under a breath. He swore quite loud at himself, and uh, he referred to someone <laughs> called Michael Hunt. Um, or something that might rhyme similar. Are with you it. Michael Hunt? Are yeah. you Michael Hunt? Was very similar to what he said. So that was <laughs> highly amusing. It's done the rounds on the, on Twitter quite quite fondly as well. So yeah, I I, I enjoyed that, mate. Um, yeah, another Australian and that like him for it now. <laughs> another Australian change, Josh Hazelwood, who is yep. who is a fantastic cricketer, one of the top ten bowlers in Test cricket for quite a while now. Bowled superb. Got Joe Root out for a duck. Well, yeah. he didn't stop bowling much in the second innings. And it turns out yeah. after Marnus turned around and went, yeah, he's all right, mate. No run. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he'll be all right. Um, no run. He's got a side strain. He's going to miss the second test. No run. And um, they need to find a replacement rate. <laughs> I can't stop saying no run. I love Marnus. <laughs> he's, how good is Marnus to watch play cricket? He's, no yeah, run. He's solid, isn't he? He's solid. Absolutely solid. Yeah, Um. I think there was a bit of a discussion of whether or not you'd be playing Jai Richardson from the start. So you'd expect him to come in. So that's really, really, you know, strength to strength, isn't it? If, if Hayeswood yeah. does miss out. It's worth knowing Hayeswood has got an exceptional record uh, in day-nighters as well. I think it's 32 wickets at just under 20, um, which actually is probably not quite as good as Pat Cummins and um, Stark's record in day-nighters. So just something we're going to start building towards that in a moment because, there's, there's like I said earlier, there's this theory out there that pink ball and day night is Jimmy Anderson's going to take 20 wickets yeah. and we're going to win the test match. Yeah. Um, not so, not so. So just while we get there, Australia have won eight out of eight uh, day nighters in Australia um, and even bowled India out for 36, I think, in the fourth innings of the game last year, was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, well, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a Recently, year ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, David Warner's not he's missing, but he's at 300 against the pink ball. So let's just, you know, we're gonna to get to it in a minute, but let's let's just put it all into context. But yeah, Hazelwood's been an exceptional player. He's a, he's a you know, someone that um Pat Cummins as the new captain can just rely on. Mitchell yeah. Stark's gonna be gonna go for a few runs, isn't he, here and there? He's he's gonna yeah. spray the odd one. Yes, he will bowl someone on a leg stump half volley, but he will also get panted down the ground a little bit. Uh, but yeah, big miss for Hazelwood. Um, Richardson, I'll just put it back to you. Jay, Rich, Jay Richardson or Michael Nisa. Glamorgan's Michael Nisa uh, look like they're the two options to come in. Yep. Nisa's, Nisa's solid. He's, he's, he's almost been on the sidelines of Australian cricket forever. Um, mm. Picked up five sticks at the weekend playing against England Lions. He'll take them. He's, he's uh, wow. sticks. That's how I'm talking these days. Five sticks. Um, and he's a consistent performer, mate. He's He's good. 33 wickets mm. in 2018, 33 the following year, um, 18 wickets at 24 last year. Came across to Glamorgan for county cricket mm. this year, 23 wickets at an average of 16. And went, yeah, thanks, mate. Got T-shirt completed. I'm going to go back and play Sheffield Shield on some roads. This is too easy. So it wouldn't mm. surprise oh, me if easy, you mate. saw him um, drafted in maybe 
maybe drafted yeah. in. They might draft him in. It's, it feels a little bit World War II, but they might draft him in. 236 <laughs> wickets, an average of 24. It's an mm. exceptional record in a place where you really do need to be a good pace bowler to have a really good average in Australia. Otherwise, you're going mm. around the park, mate. Mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nisa, you've got the benefit that he has played English conditions. He, he knows his English batsman inside out so much so that you know he did get that five for twenty nine against England lines and ripped open the top order, yeah. didn't he? England looking for maybe a bit of batting depth uh, with a travelling lines party. Yeah, not much there at the minute, lads. Sorry to <laughs> sorry to say that to you. Uh, so Michael Nisa, it, you know that would be his test debut. I think it'd be a bold one. He's thirty one now, isn't he? But Jai Richardson he made his debut, Rob, at the Gabba in a day night in 2019. Took five for 45. So he likes the he likes the lights. Um, he's good. He's, he likes he's good, ball. mate. He's, he swings it with a cricket ball, old or new ball, can swing it, and he can swing it in and out um, and offer a, a certain level of control. And we spoke on the preview pod. His record is exceptional. He's got 23 wickets at 13 this year in, in Sheffield Shield, 27 and 19 um, a couple of years ago. But also, when you look at him against right-handers, mate, this is absolutely phenomenal. He's averaging five against them this year with mm. the ball. Five. Yeah. Against right-handed mm. batsmen, he's averaging five. And that's just breaking the game. He's doing something that shouldn't be allowed to be done. Um, but it's not a fluke. Because in 2018-19, he averaged nine against them. So he's, he's mm. very good at playing cricket. He's very good at bowling. And he's... You know, there's a reason that they're like, oh, we need to get him in. We need to get him in. Well, yeah. it's hard when you've had the same four bowlers that, that bowled for the Aussies with the same four that mm. bowled in 2017. That that solidified in that uh, the mm. approach and strategy and the players that they put out on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we know how strong this attack is. So, you know, depth seems there as well. So it's not going to get any easier for England. Uh, just worth noting, actually, I've just, just got an article in front of me. Um, Australia have not made any additions to the squad for the second test. So it could well mean... With Osman Khawaja being the spare batter, it could well be that he does take on Warner's spot. If um, so, unless anything's changed since this article came out, this in front of me, the, then maybe it will be Khawaja. Uh, just mm. just talking about that. But yeah, Nisa is an option. Obviously, Jai Richards is an option as well. What about England, Rob? What's the uh, what's the thoughts on England? Any injury concerns there? Uh, I think the only one to talk about is what we feel Ben Stokes's role is going to be. So Stokes yeah. has come into this with. Um, limited preparation. He had time out, which is great and good for him. And But he had surgery on his finger as well, which restricted his ability to bowl mm. and to bat. Rained off for three weeks while a monsoon just decided to roll through Australia <laughs> to, on the warm-ups. And then he turned up and bowled in the first test and everyone... He, he bowled 14 no-balls that weren't called in the first session or something like that. Um, and he, it didn't Doesn't look like anybody. Ben Stokes bowling. And bowling, no. when I watched him bat, I was like, oh, he's got loads of time. He, he's, he's looking real nice, actually. Mm. But when I watched him bowl, I was like, oh, that's, that's quite hard. And then he tweaked his knee. And he didn't mm. bowl much after that. So what are we expecting? What's, what's your expectation as England cricket fans switching it on at three o'clock in the morning, Adelaide day-night test? What do you get out of Ben Stokes in this test? I think you, you know, you've got to go back to what we had before with Ben Stokes and you've got to almost say he's one of your best six batsmen. And in this team, he certainly is. He looked <laughs> nice at the crease. He looked like he had some time, didn't he, um, when he was batting? Yeah. Um, he looked like he's getting in line, getting behind the ball. He's, he's on the way. It's one of those, isn't it? He wasn't quite there in this first test, but he's not far off. His defensive you know, techniques in order, just ready for the other side of Ben Stokes now. Yeah. With the ball, I think we, we go to the point of, don't have any expectations. I think he's a bonus. I think if we need to break a partnership, I think throw him the ball. 
you know, have someone standing at mid on mid off actually looking at his front foot and telling him to get back a bit if the umpires or the technology isn't going to do that because it does not help anybody if you're letting a guy overstep, yeah. Rob, um, <laughs> all the time um, in nets or anywhere. <laughs> he, he's certainly not on the field because this is the pathetic nature of... Is that if you... So what's the point? It's just a waste of time, isn't it? So just just get you get yourself sorted. So yeah, low expectations for me with Ben Stokes going into the second test. Um, I think if that is the case, I think that they will want to go with four seamers. Okay. Um, it's a difficult one because Nathan Lyon, South Australian, he does have a very good record at um, at uh, at the Adelaide Oval. So it's a really tough one. I don't think England would want to go in like that. The other shout is whether or not Butler could go up the order one and they bring Bess in at seven. I think it's, it's over it's over promoting him, but they really like Bess. They like him as a bats, uh, as a as a batsman. His bowling has, has been okay, but you will not get. I don't think they'll play Leach if you know if they want that extra bowler in there. If they want four seamers and Leach, I don't see. I mean, I suppose Wokes could play at seven, but it's it's weakening that um, that bowling attack, isn't it? So uh, what we're saying that, is. We've got a top six. Sure, they didn't play well, but we're not changing yeah. the top six. We're well, still having Butler at seven. Un- well, that's what I'm saying. Un- unless Butler could go to six. But- you know, you could theoretically drop Pope um, if you wanted to get the the, the, the extra... So, what I'm saying is, if Ben Stokes cannot bowl and you want five bowlers, are you going to rely on Joe Root as your spinner? I don't think you would, would you, in, in this test? I don't, I don't know, mate. And I, I'm struggling with the selection dilemma like you because mm. England won there in 2010. Graham Swan got Pfeiffer bowling in yep. the fourth innings and yep. span them to victory. You know, superb stuff. But at Adelaide, Seamers averaged 26, Spinners averaged near on 40. Mm. So what, what, what are you trying to get from your Spinner if you're England? Mm. Um, We've, we've misused Don Bess in the past. We've yeah. misused and neglected <laughs> Jack Leach mm. and then said, hey, come and have a bowl in the Ashes, even though we only play you on pitches that are absolutely ragging miles. Come and have a bowl on this green seamer and see how you <laughs> go, mate. When Aussies yeah. have got, you know, they, they've got degrees in GBH against spinners for years. Um, mm. What I just, I don't know what we're trying to do with the spinner. I felt Root gave us better control than mm-hmm. what Leach did, just because they're going to target him. And if he comes on and bowls here, they're just going to do exactly the same. And if we do the same um, approach to them, where we bowl in with the field in and we're trying to take a wicket, what what do you expect? Like, give the man some mm. cover if you're going to play him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jack, Jack Leach, for me, I, I don't hold, I don't, you know, allocate too much blame to him. Yeah, I'm sure he could have bowled a little bit better. But he's played so little cricket, so little test cricket. And as you said, they brought him out onto a decent seeming deck that came on. Um, it's really a tough one to kind of to, to mark him and grade him and say he's this, he's that. It's been a, it was, it's not fair on him at the moment. But yeah. the way England are, the, the mentality of England when it comes to bowlers, and especially spinners, if you can't bat, you're going to struggle to, to fit into a team when you need to jig the balance around a little bit. Yeah. Now, Stokes, as a, as a fourth seamer, allows you to play a spinner at 10 or 11. Absolutely no problem. But if Stokes isn't there as a seamer, there's no one else in that top six that's suddenly bowling seam up, is it? 
you know, David Milan is suddenly not changing today. You know, so what what do we need to do? We need to then rejig potentially. And this is my this is me thinking what England will do. And I wonder whether or not they'll push Butler up and play. You know, we spoke off offline a little bit uh, before whether Wokes plays. We've got to make room for Anderson and Broad in this test. You cannot not play Anderson and Broad two tests in a row. You have to play both of them. Get them in. They're the guys that are going to carry you over the line. That's the experience in this attack. Give them some bloody respect. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I found it bizarre that Broad missed out in that first test. But you're going to get those two boys in, so you need to you need to move two out. Now you could bring Bess in, and you could then keep Wokes in, and that would be a seven and eight. And yes, it's not as good as it would be if you left Pope in, but it gives you that bowling and it gives you a bit of a comfort blanket, a bit of yeah. insurance in yeah. the batting lineup. I see where you come from. I don't know. I, I don't see... think it makes us a strong team. I think we're still weak if we do that. But I think that might be the way England start thinking if Stokes isn't an option. Gives the, ball. the bowling attack better balance. Uh, to me, when I'm looking at this, I, I'm like, who played really well? Well, Ollie Robinson was second best bowler of the game. He was yep. superb behind Pat Cummins. Mark Wood put in an incredible amount of effort, beat the outside yep. edge, and every single time was bowling 150Ks. And I was so yep. impressed. Yeah. Can he go do that in back-to-back tests? It's a question yeah. mark about his, his injury. So they may look yeah. at Mark Wood, even though he played so well, and go, mm. we're going to give you a break on this one. Uh, bring in Anderson and Broad, and then either play the spinner or play Chris Wokes. Mm. It's a really tough one. There's not a straightforward answer with this one. And I'd just like to just put something on record about Mark Wood. I do say he doesn't take enough wickets in test cricket. That's just what I feel, all right? Yeah. That's not to say that I don't think Wood is an exceptional character to have around the, the, the camp, having the team. Effort is always there with him. Pace is there, and that's what we don't have in the other bowlers. No little skill as well. He's a very, very good bowler. He ticks a lot of boxes. I just don't think he takes enough wickets. That's not to say you don't have him in the team on occasions uh, when, it, when, the, when the pitch will give you that uh, reward to have the extra pace in there. Um, so I just want to kind of make sure that that's clear, that I'm not a anti-Mark Wood in any way. <laughs> Big fan of Mark Wood, but I just don't think he takes enough wickets. Um, yeah, I think the only way that England are going to find a balance to this team is to play the one less batsman. And that's a, that's a bold move uh, in Australia because you've got to score runs. You it's know, you, bold you made, move you... with this team though, mate. This team yeah. is woeful with yeah. the bat. Like bordering on sending them a Bob Warmer's guide to cricket to, 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 to go have a look at this. Yeah. It's because yeah. it's just not working out. Yeah. You saw the openers. The openers have been cleaned up for a duck. Nine out of every 10 test matches this this mm. this calendar year with 12 ducks from 13 games. It's mm. an abysmal record. We average less yep. opening the batting than Zimbabwe this year. Mm-hmm. That makes us the worst. Um, we'd, we'd, how do you win this game? There you go. How do, yeah. how do you win this game? <laughs> Regardless of who's available, how do you win this game at Adelaide? You've got to score runs early. You got to, your first in is runs. Yeah. You know, you, you, Collingwood, big score. Peterson, you know, a, a 200 yep. or whatever it was. You know, we, we hark back to 10-11 to because that's the last time we had any real success in Australia. So that's that's a bit of a blueprint, isn't it? Um, obviously, it's a different um, scenario here with uh, pink ball and day night. But Hasib Hamid, what I like to that he occupies the crease. He bats time, but he will score runs as well. Yes, he might not score a, a rapid rate or a much rap, more rapid rate than uh, than Sibley did, but at yep. least Hamid looks like he will at least attempt to put the bad ball away uh, and not just on one side of the wicket. So I think he's he's doing a good job there. Burns looked a different player. Burns needs to remember who he was in the summer once Hamid joined him, and he seemed to get an injection of life, didn't he? 
Yeah, uh, they were did. rotating the strike well. Uh, they were doing that. I don't know if they did that particularly well in the second innings. Again, I, I only caught bits of the second innings. So, you know, you'll have to correct me or tell me. Not, you know, they put a few runs on, didn't they? Um, well, not many <laughs> when you look at it. But um, they, were, they were there for longer than the first innings, let's put it that way. Um, so, but they need to score runs. Now, I think Ollie Pope is going to be an exceptional player. Um, and I think these conditions should suit him. But yeah. at the moment, he's not doing it. I'm not saying dropping after one test, but I'm saying if you want to balance this team right, Pope scored 39 runs in the first test. As much as I like him, as much as I think he's going to be a good player, until he just comes in and first innings, bang, gets himself 100, he's, he's always going to be the first man. Is he in? Is he not in? You know, does, does Dan Lawrence come in for him? He can bowl a bit of spin. Um, but I just wonder whether or not they might be looking at Pope at the moment and going, look, he's, he's a good player. We love him, but he's not quite there yet. Can I bring in Don Best? Can Don Best get me 40 runs in the game or, or you know, 50 runs in the in the game? Not in innings, but can he get me 25 per innings? And yeah, pretty you much are, do what you Pope's are right. in the six. When you look at the top seven, including Butler, who's the first guy to go? Well, Milan's giving you stability at three. Mm. Um, Burns and Hamid. Burns is a completely different conversation. I was looking into his stats. You know, he's played 30 test matches and only scored 300s and averages the same as Nick Compton who scored 200s and was dropped after 10 test matches. Wow. Well, but Compton yeah. should have been dropped. I saw him at Headingley and it, just before he got dropped and he was terrified to score a run. He mm. was terrified to, to attack the ball. It's not to say he should have been discarded completely, but I do remember that. And it's, why, is, why does this happen with England batsmen? These openers, sorry, they get to the end of their little run as an opener and they just suddenly become terrified to score a run. Yeah, it's just survival, isn't it? I hope uh, I hope Hammy doesn't follow suit because it's uh, that is my one concern with him. But sorry, were we mm. and are we both aligned? Sorry, going back. Yes, Pope is the fall guy. If someone goes from the top seven, it has to be Pope because everyone else has got a natural position in that lineup that they fulfil. Mm-hmm. Are we both in agreement that Jack Leach doesn't play the second Test match? I think it's. I think England would like him to play, and I think if England are feeling aggressive and wanting to go back at Australia, then yes, he will play. But then I don't know how you accommodate what you need to accommodate in the, in the team. Yeah. I think it'd be, like I say, I think if, if Stokes cannot, I'll say well, one last time, if Stokes cannot bowl, I think you then need to, and you want a spinner, then you need to drop a batsman. Yeah. So it's that's the only way to do it. And, and, tail. Yeah. And the only way to have, uh, to accommodate um, the, the spinner in that, in that situation is to bring in Best because he can bat. So you yeah. would have Best in the team because he's a better batsman than Leach. That's the only reason. Yeah. So I, so we're we're agreed. We're, agree, we're agreed with a lineup. Robinson, Broad, Anderson all have to play in this test yeah. match. And it's just yeah. that last bowling role. Do you go with so Warden back to back test matches? The answer is probably no, even though he was good. Do you bring in Bess as your spin option because he gives you better balance or do you go with a full seam attack and you play Wokes who gives you a genuine average 25-30 test match sort of player? Which is like in the top six. Yeah, I think again, I think they go. This is what England have done. This is the England DNA at the moment, isn't it? They go with the bowler that can offer something. They they like the old three-dimensional cricketers. You know, bat, bowl, field. And Wokes does that. So I think you you go, like I say, you go Butler at six. I think you go Wokes or Bess at seven, Wokes or Bess at eight, and then you've got nine, 10, 11, which is Robinson, Broad, Anderson. And I think the only way you can do that, unless you think Wood Batten's improved that much, and he did play well in the summer, yeah. 
But if you think his batting's improved to the point of Chris Wokes, then maybe you can have Wood instead of Wokes. But I don't think it is. I think Wokes is a is a much much better batsman, yeah. um, and he can score runs in Australia. As I'm sure, I mean anyone can can smack a twenty or thirty. I'm sure in a Test match if it goes off. You know, yeah. we've we've seen Alan Mullally score runs back in the day. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> sorry, we saw him once maybe score runs. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, just look him up if you don't know who Ali Malali is, by the way. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's the balance that they go with. And I think it's it's not necessarily an, an, a brave, attacking um, England selection if we go that route, but I think it's, it's a sensible, and it's one of those where they need to make sure they don't go further behind. Yeah. Um, they have a chance of winning this game, England, if they score runs, and it's about the top four or five scoring runs. If we're waiting for six, seven, and eight to score runs, we're not winning the test match. No, we're so not. It, it's you're rolling the dice on this, but you're saying to your top five down to from Burns to Stokes, you're saying, you guys, first innings, you score me 400, and we've got a yep. chance of winning this test match. If they don't, well, you know, it doesn't really matter um, what they're doing. Sorry, I've just been joined by my cat if my screen's moving there. <laughs> so, interesting test match going on. You throw into the mixer that it's the pink ball test match, and you were talking about this earlier in Australia. Mm. Wait, sorry. As English cricket fans, we're all going, oh, Anderson, Broad, pink ball test. This is, it's just made for Anderson and Broad. And and you, Joe, going, well, Anderson's going to get 20 wickets. Like, that's fine. But you made a point going, Australia have played a (laughs) one-eight in in pink ball cricket. David Warner's got 300. And you were talking about the bowling averages of the Australian bowling attack Mm -hmm. being astronomical. And our record in day-night cricket is lost 3-1-1. Oh, yeah, we don't get, you know, we don't get to play it much. They've been playing it every year. You know, they they have that record. They have that experience. (sighs) Look, it gives us a chance. I think this is the thing. I think when we spoke about the preview, we said about, you know, SCG was putting the hat in the ring for the fifth test. It might be a day-nighter. It gives us more of a chance because it plays the strengths of what this England team is, which is the likes of Anderson, Broad, Robinson, Wokes. Okay? So if we can play to the strengths of those guys, which the pink ball day-night game should do, we have a chance. It's not going to go around corners all, all the day. You know, it's not nighttime under the lights for the whole test match. You know, probably most of the first two sessions are going to be daylight. You know, it's, it's not middle of the night cricket, is it? So it's all about when we bowl. It's all about when we bat, you know, and whatnot, isn't it? So so you're telling just, me the toss oh, is important and making the yes. right decision about what you do first is important. Amazing that, isn't it? Amazing that. <laughs> Who would have thought it? I mean, I feel like we're really cutting through what people don't talk about in cricket, you know, <laughs> the toss being important. Here's here's one for you. You have 18 months of preparation as an England cricketer or an England selector, and it's Mm -hmm. all for 18 months has been, we're getting ready for the Ashes. We're getting ready for the Ashes. We're getting ready for the Ashes. You turn up for the Ashes three weeks before Australia announced their starting 11, which is such an Australian, hold on, let me get my chest out sort of thing. Here's the 11 taking the pitch, beating it. And two days before, Jimmy Anderson's like, uh, yeah, Jimmy Anderson's not playing. And then it's like, oh, well, Stuart Broad's not playing now either. And it's like, either you're trying to be ultra tactical and too clever, or mm. what What have you been thinking about for 18 months? Mm. From England, sorry, did you say? Yeah, from England. For a second there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think Silverwood coming in partway through this, this kind of, you know, um, round, whatever you want to call it, 
this this period um, doesn't necessarily help that preparation because there might have been some plans in place. Saying that, the plans in place previously probably wouldn't have been any good anyway. So, look, they they put a lot on Joffre Archer being available. That was your he the guy can hold about a little bit, uh, but also he's he's exceptional. He's not just pace; he's exceptional. And I think that they were building that he was the spearhead of the attack. So that was that was all important. Um, I think they would have expected by now that we would have had a, a set pair of openers. Um, the reason they keep giving Burns test matches because they believe that he is the best out there. The reason they kept giving Sibley another chance because they believe he was the, the, the best out there. You know, number three, what that, you know, where was we at number three um, a year ago, a year and a half ago? I mean, it was probably Joe Denley, wasn't it, before when we first started this cycle? Yeah, it was. So we're, we're not much further on. I like Milan. Uh, I think he's a different cricketer than what he was when he first played for England, but we're still not, it's a bit all over the shop, isn't it? It, it feels like one of those Ashes winters where we're a bit, we are undercooked. We are a little bit all over the place. There isn't really a clear 11. Uh, there isn't we're not really very a, good a, a, with the bat. No, there is, well, that's it. And, and, and that's not because the players aren't good. They are good players, but they're not proven test international cricketers yet. You know, there's no way we can say Burns, Hamid, Milan and Pope are established test cricketers. Yes, they've played games of cricket at test level, but they're not established. They're not world-class uh, international cricketers. They're all there trying to be something. We're just not there. It's one of those. It's one of those uh, ashes down under where we're just not there. We need, you know, maybe in the next couple of years, maybe the next time we go, we'll be more organised. Yeah. Uh, but then we probably won't be with some of these star names, and some of these other lads are going to become have to become the star names. They could it just well doesn't. Be yeah, um, we we could we could be talking about four one England win this Ashes series. Probably not. But at the moment, we look a bit all over the place, and this is where we need to go back to that England mentality that we've seen over the last few years. How do they respond to a bad? Bad, you know, bad game and a bad defeat. Do they come back, which they generally have done? They have, yeah. they do tend to fight back and come back strong in the next test. If they go two 0 down, just lump on five 0 Yeah. Cheers, cheers, Glenn. <laughs> cheers, Glenn. Five 0 mate. Yeah. Um, but it's only if they go two 0 down. If they can get a draw or a win out of this test match, I honestly think England will go strength to strength, and we'll be talking about players yeah. completely differently by the fourth or fifth test. Yeah, could well, but it's career defining. I said this in yeah, the, the review pod. I said, yeah. Rory Burns, this could be his last series as an opener. If he's played 34 yeah. series and average 34 yeah. tests, averages below 30, um, you're on the heat, mate. And yeah. wrapping it up then, mate, getting into predictions of, of what we're expecting from the test match. Just looking back over Adelaide, 95 we won there. Atherton running off with a stump after they got hammered throughout the whole series. I can remember that at the VHS. <laughs> um, Angus Fraser got a load of wickets. Lost by 205 runs in 98. Lost by an innings and 51 runs in 2002. Lost by six wickets in 2016. Won in 2010. Graham Swan, innings and 71 runs. My first ever England win abroad. It took me oh. quite a few attempts to get it. I saw a lot of draws and a lot of losses before I got that first one. Oh, yeah. savour it. Um, yeah. Since then, we've lost by 218 runs in 2013 and 120 runs in 2017. 2021, mm. we are going to... <laughs> I want to say win. We've got a chance. We won one of those. No, two of those, didn't we? Oh, my word. We really shouldn't be winning this test match. There's nothing, nothing from looking back at the first test or looking back at where we are to say that we should win this test, Rob. But let's go for it. Let's win this test. England wins this test. It's one all. The series needs it. One all. Come on. I... Idiot. I said before the start <laughs> of day four, I replied to Sky Sports Cricket and I said... My heart tells me 
that England are going to score 300 and have the Aussies two down by the end of day four. But my head says that the game will be wrapped up before tea time and we got bowled out for <laughs> 77 for eight on day four. I'm in a similar thing. My head tells me that Anderson and Broad are ultra undercooked. Um, I worry oh, about right. their fitness because they haven't quite been fit yet. And our mm. top order is an absolute shambolic mess. So I am going, <laughs> I hate myself for it. I'm going for an Australian win. We are going to be 2 0 down going to the G on Boxing Day. I, 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 I think you're right, Rob. I really do think you're right. <laughs> but I, I just want to go with that England win. Um, yeah, fond memories of the Adelaide on the grass bank in front of the beautiful old, uh, old um, what is it? Oh, what's, what's it called? I forget the name of the, the, the beer, scoreboard. EU beer or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, on the scoreboard. But yeah, I just, yeah, I'm going to channel those vibes and we're going to get a win in Adelaide. Is my heart. But yeah, head. This England team needs to needs a rocket at the moment, doesn't it? It's simple yeah, as that. It it's these players that need to understand that this could be, like you said, career-defining. And I'm sure they do, but they need to play like it. Uh, and I don't mean go smacking the ball all over the place or, or defending like the life de- uh, depends on it. They just need to go out and play some cricket. You know, Hasif, I mean, had, when he come back to Notts this, this last year, he's just played with a lot more of a relaxed demeanour. May I'm not saying he needs to go swishing outside off something too much, but he needs to be a little bit more positive. Milan... Do what you've been doing in the second. You know, look pretty good. Root, we need root. We need to jump on his shoulders, don't we? We need ten blokes on his shoulders. Um, and Stokes, who knows if Stokes comes back uh, in this test and, and suddenly he's got the, the cobwebs dusted off, we, we have a chance. We have to look at the positives like that, don't we? As as England fans, and uh, you know, it'll be a bit easier to watch this time. I think it's four a.m. English time. It starts. I might be wrong. It might be three a.m. But I think it's four a.m. So it's basically it's going to be one of those test series where set your alarm for after lunch. You know, I mean, you maybe first day you want to. This is what I'll probably be doing anyway. It's like half past, yeah, half past six. Get up, breakfast, two sessions of cricket. Happy days. Yeah. Oh no, exciting times, mate. Looking forward to it. Awesome to have Ashes fever kind of rolling around. We'll be back <laughs> after the second test is done. So that could be anywhere between day two and day five. We will see you again very shortly. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>